A reading from the first book of Samuel. During the time young Samuel was ministered to the Lord under Eli, a revelation of the Lord was uncommon and vision infrequent. One day, Eli was asleep in his usual place. His eyes had lately grown so weak that he could not see. The lamp of God was not yet extinguished, and Samuel was sleeping in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. The Lord called to Samuel, who answered, Here I am. Samuel ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. I did not call you, Eli said. Go back to sleep. So he went back to sleep. Again the Lord called Samuel, who rose and went to Eli. Here I am, he said. You called me. But Eli answered, I did not call you, my son. Go back to sleep. At that time, Samuel was not familiar with the Lord, because the Lord had not revealed anything to him as yet. The Lord called Samuel again for the third time. Getting up and going to Eli, he said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli understood that the Lord was calling the youth. So Eli said to Samuel, Go to sleep, and if you are called, reply. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. When Samuel went to sleep in his place, the Lord came and revealed his presence, calling out as before, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant is listening. Samuel grew up, and the Lord was with him, not permitting any word of his to be without effect. Thus all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, came to know that Samuel was an accredited prophet of the Lord.
Leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. They immediately told him about her. He approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. Then the fever left her, and she waited on them. When it was evening after sunset, they brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. Simon and those who were with him pursued him, and on finding him said, everyone is looking for you. He told them, let us go on to the nearby villages that I may preach there also. For this purpose have I come. So he went into their synagogues, preaching and driving out demons throughout the whole of Galilee. Verbum Domini. the call of the great prophet Samuel in our first reading today. And he's a good example of one who is attentive and receptive to God's word and obedient to his will. And Samuel heard the voice of the Lord. He responds, here I am. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And this receptiveness to God's word and his will is further emphasized in our responsorial psalm today. Here, my Lord, I come to do your will. And we learn from the psalm that the sacrifice which God desires of each of us is an open ear and an obedient heart, an open ear to hear his word and an obedient heart to follow his will. And our God knows what is best for us, and he truly desires what is best for us, even when that involves going through challenging trials. So Samuel is set before us today as an example of listening and heeding God's will and his word. In the gospel today, we hear about the healing of Simon's mother-in-law who lay sick with a fever. 
And if we think about our Lord's great miracles, healing the blind, even the blind from birth, or healing the lame, those paralyzed, even raising from the dead, such as Lazarus, with that in mind, this miracle that we hear about today, the healing of Peter's mother-in-law, as one commentator noted, it shows that our Lord was also attentive to the smaller sufferings of human life the basic things that we all struggle with, which would be sickness and illness, and in this case, a fever. So our Lord is concerned even about the small things of our life. The Catechism notes that our Lord has a preferential love for the sick and states that his compassion toward all who suffer goes so far that he identifies himself with them. I was sick and you visited me. And, all we know, and although we know that our Lord did not heal everyone who was sick, he did not heal all the sick present throughout the entire world, we know that his healings were signs of the coming of the kingdom of God. And his healings pointed toward the joys of heaven where there will be no more suffering. And we're also grateful that by his passion and death on the cross, Christ has given a new meaning to suffering which can conform and unite us more closely to him and his redemptive passion. So although suffering is never comfortable, it's never pleasant, it's an invitation from the Lord to be more closely united with him and his redemptive passion. Today on the Franciscan calendar, we celebrate the memorial of St. Bernard of Corleone. And he was born in, on the island of Sicily in 1605, and he was the son of a shoemaker, a cobbler. And he learned this trade from his father, but later abandoned it and focused on fencing. And he became quite skilled at using the sword after spending much time in training. And later at his beatification process, two witnesses pointed out that a fault of his was that he was quick to draw his sword at the slightest provocation. So that's a good example or a good inspiration for us, especially if we're quick to have a quick temper. On one occasion, as a biographer notes, Bernard had been challenged to a sinful duel in the course of which he wounded his opponent mortally. In order to escape from his avengers, he sought refuge in flight. In this extremity, as so frequently happens, grace knocked at his heart and Bernard heeded the call. He experienced conversion. He repented of his sins, and he sought to change his life for the good. Later on, he discerned a call to the religious life and was accepted by the Capuchin friars as a lay brother, and he lived a very simple life as a friar. He often served as the cook or the assistant cook of the friar, and he would also take care of the sick. In addition, he lived a very penitential life, and as one witness said, he always exhorted us to love God and to do penance for our sins. Another testimony in the canonization process revealed his love for the people as seen in his prayer of intercession. So it's stated again in a testimony that in Palermo, at times of natural disasters such as earthquakes and hurricanes, he would mediate in front of the tabernacle, struggling with God like Moses did, saying, easy, Lord, be gentle with us. I want this grace, Lord, I want it. And the disaster ceased, 
the scourge was lifted. He had a great trust in Almighty God and he had a holy boldness when it came to the Lord, his relationship with him. And on Bernard's deathbed, it was recorded that he kept repeating the words, let's go, let's go, before he breathed his last. So we see he had a great desire for heaven. At the canonization mass for St. Bernard, which was only about 20 years ago, Pope St. John Paul II canonized him in 2001. Pope John Paul II said of him, even today the world needs saints like Brother Bernard, immersed in God, and for that very reason, able to hand on God's truth and love. The humble example of the Capuchin saint offers an encouragement never to tire of prayer, since prayer and listening to God are the soul of authentic holiness. We ask St. Bernard of Corleone to pray for us today that we also might have a great love for prayer, a great desire for union with God, and an unshakable desire for heaven.